This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Sitting in for Libby Snymer, here is Marissa Lennox. Welcome to Friday, everyone. This is Free For All Friday here on Zoomer Radio. I am Marissa Lennox in for Libby's Nimer. And today is, of course, your chance to have your say. So pick up those phones and dial in on whatever it is you want to chat about. Maybe you had a bad sleep and you need a mattress recommendation. Let's talk about it. The numbers to call 416-360-0740. Toll free 1-866-740-4740. Now, here are a couple stories I'm interested in. Yesterday, we told you about a 95-year-old woman who was tricked into withdrawing $10,000 in cash. If you missed it, I'll summarize it briefly. This was the headline of the story. Family slams unconscionable actions of TD Bank after the woman withdrew $10,000 in a scam. So here's what happened. The phone call rang. Grandma picked up the phone. Someone says your grandson's been arrested. They didn't know she had a grandson. It was a shot in the dark. But if you make the call enough times, eventually someone who answers will have a grandson and will buy the scam. And so he says, we need $10,000 to make bail. Of course, Grandma's concerned. The scammers arrange for a taxi for her to be taken to Toronto Dominion Bank to withdraw the cash. Now, here's where things go wrong. Once at the branch, she asks the teller for money. The teller is initially suspicious. Naturally, she would be. She even went out and took a look at the cab that brought her there and ends up giving her the money anyway. The woman goes home. The scam is over. But this woman has a power of attorney on her account. It happens to be her son. So the son has since come out and said, well, why didn't you call me? I'm her power of attorney. Had you, this whole thing would have been completely avoided. So the question's who's responsible? Could TD have tried harder? And also, you know, I'm curious, have you ever fallen victim to this or to any scam? I have been the victim of an online scam before. I remember how it made me feel. I went through a series of emotions. I was first angry. Yes. And then you begin to feel violated and powerless. And what could be worse than that? Uh, so how did it make you feel? All right. The numbers to call one more time. 416-360-0740. Toll free 1-866-740-4740. Marisa, you're on the line. Hello. Hi, Marisa. You're on the line. Oh, hi, Ms. Lennox. Sorry. Um, I, I, my subject is different from what I want to talk about. I want to talk about long-term care. My mother's been in a long-term care home now for eight years. She is in a home here in Toronto with over 300 residents. My mother's PSW worker is there from 7 a.m. to 3 o'clock in the afternoon. She has eight residents that she has to look after during that day, Mm -hmm. and most of them are in wheelchair. Mm -hmm. So please, somebody, do the math here where they say that they get four hours. Where four hours is given to a long-term care resident is called a butterfly program, where there's only 100 to 125 residents. Mm -hmm. That being said, 
I'd like to know um, where Mr. Ford has put the two $2.9 billion that was left over from COVID. He came into power with a hidden agenda, and he thinks that free-for-all, whatever he wants to do with this uh, money. So there needs to be accountability. And as far as um, I wish there was a party or a politician that would take on uh, that if you're a Canadian citizen, you need to vote municipally, provincially, and federally. If not, you are fined. Most of the G, grade eight, G8 countries, Canada is a number one with the number of deaths in COVID. So when Mr. Ford stands in front of a mic and talks to me about all these long-term care homes that he's built and, well, they're all for profit. And we know what happened in profit. And also, to my fellow Canadians, I just want to say Canada is not broken. If we all work together, don't give in to fear mongering. We all have our own daily daily chores and daily problems, but we all work together, come through it. So don't give in to fear mongering. Canada is a great country. Okay, Marisa, a couple points. First of all, one I disagree on is about the fines. I presume people are up to speed on what's going on in politics and, and daily life, and I suspect a lot of people go in there and probably vote blindly, and I don't know that that's any better. Um, but that's one point, and besides the point, the main point you called about, which was long-term care, I would agree with you. So the, the, the standards that were announced this week were from the federal government. They're just guidelines. It's just They're a recommendation. I spoke to a federal a minister here in my area, and what I told him what they should do, and I'm, I'm glad that Trudeau, because he's being you-know-what on all the time, everything is his fault, is that there should be accountability. Each month you are given a fact sheet and you check off, and if you don't get your, that you've, you've accounted for everything on that list, you don't get your funding for the next month. And the minister said to me, he says, that's a good idea, but it's too costly. There's no manpower for that. Mm -hmm. So there needs to be accountability. They want money, all these provinces. The premier of Quebec, he says, give me the money. I know what to do with it. Shame on him for all the deaths that he had in his province Mm -hmm. and the deplorable conditions. You do the math for my mother. If I'm not there every other day in assisting in her feeding, her bathing, her emotional support, it takes my mother an hour and a half to have her breakfast. So somebody do the math out there. Don't don't believe everything you hear. Okay. Well, Ontario introduced legislation in uh, a year or two ago, uh, requiring nursing homes to provide residents with four hours of day of daily care by 2025. So it's not even in effect yet. But honestly, I would agree with you. I mean, I don't even know why we're talking about standards. Why aren't we talking about needs? Why isn't it more hours than four? Why didn't he put all his money into home care? Because honestly, Miss Lennox, I've seen a dip for eight years. And you know what? I'd rather be in my own home. I feel so bad. And you know what I have to point out is that they have hired new people. But guess what? After they realize that they have to look after eight residents, and in some cases up to 11 cases, 11 residents a day, they don't come back. They're not interested in that. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. No, and and our spending is backwards. It should be the reverse. We should be spending on home care, less on long-term care. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Hands down. Wake up, my fellow Canadians. Wake up. Go and vote. Still, 
Long-term care is important for a percentage of the population who can't care for themselves at home, and we do need to make it a better place to work. We need to find ways to attract workers and and to retain them and reduce attrition in that workforce because it's the the turnover alone is a problem. But then, of course, the, the number of people working in these environments is is too low to begin with. All right, Marisa, thank you for your call. Thanks. All right, let's get to Tom on the line. Tom? Yes, ma'am. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Go ahead. Good. I wanted to talk about the firearms issue in this country. But first of all, I want to preface. Oh, I think we lost Tom. We'll get him back. Oh, Tom, you there? I'm here. Oh, there you go. Go ahead. Sorry, you cut off. That's okay. A few years ago, uh, Mr. Trudeau said that he admires China's basic dictatorship because they get things done. You know what? Can I tell you something, Tom? I was in the room when that happened. (laughs) You were? Yep. It's my claim to fame. I was in the room when that happened. (laughs) Well, congratulations. (laughs) Go ahead. What I want... What I wanted to say on that is if that's not alarm bells that should be ringing in every Canadian's head, I don't know what is. But uh, apart from that, the firearms issue, I'm a retired police officer in the GTA. Mr. Trudeau, with his firearms rules and regulations, is really an affront to democracy and freedom in this country and property rights. I know it's a privilege to own firearms, and it should remain that. But what he would plan to do with Bill C-21 was a, was preposterous. It was disgusting. To take firearms away from law-abiding Canadians that are hunters and sport shooters that like to go to a range and shoot, or they hunt during hunting seasons, like myself, his proposed legislation was absolutely ridiculous. And as I said, it's an affront to freedom and democracy in this country. And his comments regarding China should prove it and an alarm bells go off in people's minds and he's got to resign. So let me ask you, Tom, as someone who clearly is a proponent of uh, owning firearms, do you think that our existing laws are sufficient or do you think there should be some changes in them? The laws right now are sufficient. It's uh, when they start crossing the line and, and, you know, there was the May 2020 orders in council to take firearms away from people. They call them assault rifles. They weren't assault rifles at all. They're an AR-style firearm that you use for sport shooting at a range and some for hunting. Well, that case is going to court in April, and we should have a decision in uh, August or September of this year. The Liberal government are taking away firearms from people that are law-abiding, they're licensed, they're trained, and it's just, a, it's just an absolute affront to freedom. And as a retired police officer, I am disgusted what this Liberal government is about. All right. Thanks, Tom, for your phone call. Thank you very much, ma'am, and you have a good day. You too. All right, let's get to Jack. Jack, yeah. you're on the line. Uh, I'm um, for this uh, paving over uh, farmland, uh, there's not a place in the Niagara Peninsula or in the Golden Horseshoe that you can put up a large pi- uh, livestock barn uh, because there's so many houses in here. 
And I think the urban people think uh, a farmer is still a guy with a straw hat and a pair of coveralls and a horse plowing one acre land. And uh, mm. you can't make a living on that. If you put in a uh, dairy barn with a uh, hundred head of cattle, you got quite a smell on there. And I'm sure any of the neighbors are there will be calling the environmental and the uh, anybody else that can uh, put you out of business that will be able to do that. Uh, city people don't like farmers because they uh, work past 5 o'clock and they come out and they say, uh, you're disturbing my uh, my supper and I, you can't do that. Uh, farm equipment goes down the road at uh, 10 to 15 miles an hour and we, if you ever drove down the Queen E, you know 120 is uh, too slow for these people. And uh, it just can't be done. Jack, are you uh, a farmer? Province, uh, are you a farmer? Yep. What do you farm? Uh, right now, it's uh, nursery stock. So are you concerned that the premier will come in and take away some of your land? Nope. Nope. Uh, because... Uh, the urbanites will uh, put a stop to that. They work land after 11 o'clock at night. A fellow come across the fence and said, shut that down or I'll call the police. And the farmer said, uh, you want the number? Hmm. Uh, trying to beat the weather. And I'm sorry to disturb you, but uh, this is a business. Mm-hmm. And they don't recognize farming as a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, the province uh, keeps raising uh agricultural land on taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, one farmer called him up and he says, well, we don't make land anymore, so we're going to take it. Mm-hmm. And uh, with the, uh, on the federal government, uh, diesel fuel to run a large tractor now costs you $1,000 every eight hours. Well, and fertilizer too. And well, yeah, but Mr. Trudeau wants 30% less uh, food growing this year. Mm-hmm. going to raise the taxes on fertilizer. And uh, he wants to continue to bring in 500,000 immigrants into this country. Where are you going to stick them? you got to take uh, uh, land, that so-called uh, agricultural land, which is not uh, big enough to farm and make money on it. So pave it over and uh, make everybody happy. And besides that, uh, the city urbanites, like to have some place to throw their garbage along the road. If they can't do that in town, so they come out here in the country, throw it out on the road or in the ditches, and leave it for somebody else to pick it up. So oh, that's why they Oh, you want, think the green uh, belt should be paved over? Yep, paver over. All right. Just uh, give us a hard time and uh, and uh, enjoy that. And not just uh, stand along the fence row and say, oh, we got to save that. And uh, they're not willing to to accept the noise and the dust and uh, people working over t- uh, over the five o'clock. Well, they got to find housing somewhere. Anyway, Jack, I'll just say this. I'll leave you with this. I come from a long line of farmers. I had grandparents who were um, immigrated from Ukraine over to Saskatchewan, and they were given back in the day when they were trying to populate the prairies, 150 acres of free land. So I stand with our farmers and uh, thank you for the work that you do very much, ma'am. Okay. All right. I think we need to take a quick break. The phone lines have uh, lit up and I see a couple people wanting to talk about scammers. So we'll be right back. Don't go away.
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like, as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Sitting in for Libby Snymer, here is Marissa Lennox. Welcome back to Free For All Friday, the day of the week when you get to choose the topics, as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Uh, Marissa Lennox in for Libby's Nimer. Whatever's on your mind, give us a call. The numbers 416-360-0740, toll free, 1-866-744-740. And I just want, you know, here's a story I, I, it, that we didn't get to this week, but it's a story that I consider to be an outrage. And so I'm going to tell you about it. The federal government spent $7 million last year to rent out hotel rooms near the Calgary airport for people to go into quarantine when traveling. Remember that whole quarantine hotel thing? So now I, it, we can debate whether or not it was a good idea, but that's not why this particular story is so outraging. What For that $7 million, only 15 people stayed in the hotels. Okay, so $7 million for 15 people. Over three years... The federal government spent $30 million on those hotel rooms in the Calgary area in 2020. In uh, There was only 119 people. So, I mean, you can it's like a handful of people for millions and millions of dollars. Now, if I was to go to a Westin in Calgary, what do you think my hotel room would cost? A hundred bucks a night, maybe? On what planet is this government no, so not on top of this file? that they're spending thousands of dollars per night for an individual. And then you wonder, that's just Calgary. What about the other major cities they were doing quarantine hotels in, like in Toronto? What are the costs there? Now, Michelle Rempel, who is an MP in that area, that was the one, the woman who outed this story, says that the federal government forgot to end their contract, and that's how this happened. I mean, What? Ministers have a fiduciary responsibility to their taxpayers. How do you just casually waste millions of dollars on a handful of people at a time when people are struggling with rent and to put food on the table? Are you outraged? Are you surprised? Maybe I'm being unfair. Do you think I'm being unfair? Oh, Marissa, the government was just trying to keep people safe. Is that what you think? I want to hear it. The numbers to call. 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Let's get back to the lines. Chantel is in Quebec. You're on the line. Hi. How are you? I'm calling you from uh, Saguenay, Quebec. So it's minus 45 here with the wind chill right now. So (laughs) I thought it was cold in Toronto. Way better off than I do. (laughs) Go ahead, Chantel. Okay. All right, so I'm calling because uh, my mom's been, um, like, I was visiting my mom. I offered her a computer recently. Uh, She was very happy, and she's 77 years old. Uh, While I was sitting there, like, you know, showing her, like, everything, I just uh, escaped a few moments to talk to my dad. And by total coincidence, uh, just a few moments after, she was already a victim of a scam, an online scam. She was having a, a pop-up saying that her windows was broken and that she needed to call this number. Mm-hmm. And I stand there just watching it, just see if she would fall for it. And she was. 
she was actually falling for it. She was thinking that thing looked legit. So I'm just calling to say, if you have parents who just want to have fun on a computer, and it's totally okay, you know, they have the right to enjoy themselves, just make sure that you're showing them some stuff about scamming. Just go on YouTube and watch some scam baiting videos. There's very good, good ones out there. I was personally very impressed with the stuff and I took the number and I called the scam and I gave them a grilling <laughs> just to let them know they should be ashamed of themselves to try to scam. I'm surprised they didn't um, hang up on you. No, no, they didn't hang up on me. The guy said, he, he keeps saying, he's sorry, ma'am, I'm sorry, ma'am. And then, then he finally hung up on me. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it, it was just like, you know, it was a center in India and you could hear like a ton of other people being scammed in the background. My heart was aching because this thing, if I wasn't there, my mom would have called the number. They said, you have to call this number. We will help you out to unlock your computer. And <sighs> she would have fall for it. So please, mm-hmm. guys, if you have parents, Make sure you warn them about the refund scam and Amazon scam. And there's a lot of scam and they all look very legit. And Mm -hmm. people can just fall back for it. Like, it's incredible, really. Mm. It's so true. The big thing to work, if it's over email, especially, the big thing to look for is spelling errors or sentences that aren't don't have proper yeah, punctuation. There were, there were several of them and I've noticed them, but my mom, she just, she, she couldn't, you know, she was baffled. Like she couldn't see anything because she doesn't know. But the, the logo of the Microsoft was not right. It was like all blurry and everything. I said, you know, so I showed her afterwards and she was like, she, 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 she got scared of getting on the computer for her after that. But, you know, at least she knows what scam may look like. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I hate these people more than myself. Not more than myself. Oh, just more than I can tell. It's just awful. Yep. Really. Chantel, thank you for your phone call. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. All right. Let's get to Jody in Toronto. Jody, you're on the line. Hi, Marissa. Thank you for taking my call. I'm calling about the change in the grade 11 curriculum, the English uh, class that's being replaced uh they're replacing the classics with mm-hmm. um, literature for from Indigenous and Métis um, authors. My what do question you think? is, like, why do we need to replace things? Why can't we add on? Jody, one it's second. Taking away from one in order to promote another. Is there no room to combine? Absolutely. It's you know, that's the it, only question to me. ask is why are we why do we need to eliminate one in order to make space for another? Exactly. And the thing the other thing that concerns me about this is from an international viewpoint, kids going on for secondary education, uh, taking away that uh, additional year in in that particular field, it's gonna put them in a disadvantage overall for grades. I have no problem introducing more Indigenous writers as long as they're great writers and it's good literature and it's good works. No problem. Absolutely. Introduce it. But we don't need to eliminate the classics. There's a reason Shakespeare's been around forever. There's a reason he's considered a classic because he is. And Dickens and And it goes on and on and on. And it's, as I say, it's an international thing. So uh, it really concerns me that we do this about you know, putting one down in order to lift another. You don't have to do that. Jody? You don't have to do that. You know, just add it on. 
I couldn't agree with you more. If there's any callers out there who disagree, please call in. I'd love to hear from you. All right, Jody, thanks for your phone call. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, let's get to Sita in Mississauga. Sita, how are you? Good. How are you, Marissa? I'm good, thank you. Yes, um, I'd like to say thanks to Libby for sharing her progress against cancer with her, with us, uh, you, her listener. You are a fighter, and we are proud of you, and you are in our thoughts and prayers, and we'll talk soon. Oh, thank you for making that, um, for calling in to say that. We'll clip it, and, and we'll make sure she hears it. And thank you all for being there for, with her, too. Well, we love her, obviously, <laughs> and uh, we all wish her well, of course. But thank you for the phone call, Sita. Yeah, can I make one more comment? Absolutely. Um, good news, the police made arrests for a gift card scam. Oh, that's great. Is that breaking? Not really breaking, but I mentioned it. <laughs> okay, good. Well, yeah. yeah, that's the thing is you arrest one person, but then a dozen more pop up. So oh, I know, I know. But at the start, it's a start. It's a start. All right. Thanks for your phone call. Take care. Take care. Barry in North York. Barry, go ahead. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, first of all, um, thank you very much for bringing up that hotel thing. I did not know that. <laughs> and maybe a lot of people didn't know it. And maybe you won't. People won't follow them back in again next time. <laughs> you would think. Uh, yes. and uh, But you know what? When- the liberals are trailing in all the... on in. Every poll I've seen in the last several months on every single policy issue, who knows? I don't know. We need need new stuff, new blood. Um, And also, I have a question for you. When you were in the room and he made that that statement about China, did your jaw drop? Yes, it did. It absolutely did. I was the only journalist in the room. Did you ask him anything about that? No, I wasn't permitted to ask questions. I was only permitted to record. Well, too bad. Um, Yeah, what I wanted to talk about was um, scammers. Uh, I was almost scammed, and I thought, oh, I'm pretty smart, Um, by the the bank, CIBC. And um, I said, it doesn't really, I don't know, maybe I'll call my bank and just see. I was just ready to to get into that scam, too, and just, and be duped. But then I said, no, maybe I'll call the bank. I called the bank, and sure enough, um, they said they would never send out an email like that. Mm. Um, and uh, so I said, great, I'm pretty smart. So then months later, a guy calls, and he has saying that he's from Doctors Without Borders, which I really like, a great organization. Had a really great conversation with them, and, and uh, I ended up giving more money than I had initially um, planned on and, um, and felt good about it. A month later, I get a call from my bank saying, yeah, I don't think that you, just checking to see if you were um, purchasing $1,400 worth of ski equipment in Austria. <gasps> I said, no, no, I wasn't. Good. We kind of thought that, so we put a stop to it. Oh. And I said, good. Thank you so much. Thank goodness that your bank was on it. Yes, yes. I mean, they don't want to be on the hook to have to reimburse you. Yep. But still, that exactly. These things happen, and they're so... They seem so legitimate and real. Um, so, I mean, good on you for calling back. But how did how was it that you ended up calling a scammer? No, no, they called me. They, oh. The doctors and the lawyers called me, and um, and and he seemed really legitimate and know a lot oh, about the borders and stuff. And I said, yeah, okay. So from now on, I don't give any money over the phone unless I say, "Tell you what, give me your number and I'll call you back." Yeah. 
Exactly. Ooh. And that's that's such good advice for the audience, for sure. Absolutely. I did like what the police officer said yesterday. It was very wise. Um, if you think, you know, the, especially the grandmother scam, he said, ask them questions mm-hmm. about the, the son or the grandson that they're calling about, like what's your name and, mm-hmm. and where do you live and things that he, would, he or she would only know. Mm-hmm. That's a great great piece of design. And what color is his hair? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Barry. Thanks for your phone call. All right. Let's get to Ron in Guelph. Ron, go ahead. You're on the line. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Well, here's another message you can give to Libby. You can tell her that uh, Ron from Guelph wishes her uh, a speedy recover. Mm. Oh. So she'll know who Ron from Guelph is. So that's for sure. So. Anyway, um, I got scammed two years ago. Um, I told Zeev I'm not supposed to mention the bank because we I have a confidential agreement. Um, I had some guys. I was vulnerable because I just had uh, heart surgery. So I was vulnerable. So these guys phoned. First mistake, the bank never phoned you. Okay. Uh, and they claimed they're from TD Fraud Department, and they gave me names and pictures. Well, I checked that out. Yeah, and the name's checked out. They had assumed the identity of some actual TD. Sorry, I just said it, didn't I? <laughs> some employees. So anyway, so um, yeah, I, I got duped into it, and um, it cost me $12,000 because I they told me I was helping them catch an internal thief inside the bank. What? Now, what? Oh yeah. my gosh! How did that? Uh, did you get the money back? Well, that's why I've got to be careful what I say because the bank did. Um, because I'm a, such a solid customer, they did give me some money back. Although they said we don't actually have to. You have to understand that once you actually take cash away from the teller, we're not responsible anymore. Okay. So it's not an electronic scam or anything else. It was they uh, they'll ask you to get cash from the teller, and then your the teller asks you why you need this much money. I'm buying a car. I'm giving it to a relative. Um, these guys know all the all the stories, right? Yeah. So now there's another scam. Uh, people got especially around Facebook. Um, I don't know if you've heard this one or not. Where a friend of yours will message you. Um, supposedly a friend of yours, and say, "Listen, I've got a great deal. You know, um, here, if you, um, you know, if you send us a thousand dollars, I can guarantee you you're going to get thirty thousand dollars back." And it, it seems like it's legit because it's a friend of yours. That sounds so, way too good to be true. Well, yeah, and that's why I, I eventually I, I came back and I said, "Look, if you're one of my friends, um, who else?" Do you know what somebody else and where did we work, et cetera? And all of a sudden, uh, it was dead after that. There was no more emails and messages when I challenged them to prove who they were. Wow. You know what? I'm not on social media for a reason. This is just another reason why I refuse to be on these platforms. I just think they're terrible. All right, Ron, thanks for your phone call. Thanks. Bye. Bye. All right. Let's get to a couple more callers before we take a break. John in Peterborough. John, you're on the line. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I'd like to respond to that farmer you had on there. Okay. I can tell you, because I live among farmers, I've done work for them all my life pretty well. And I've never seen too many poor farmers. I know that they complain and bitch, not only here, but in every country I've ever been in. 
Uh oh, we lost, we lost him. Sorry about that profanity, folks. I'm sorry you had to listen to that. I would have liked to have heard his comment, but he, uh, we had to take him off. All right, let's get to another caller, Peter in Georgetown. Peter, you're on the line. Hello. Uh, I'd just like to say I'm a longtime listener, and uh, I've just received my natural gas bill for December, and it seemed awful high. So I looked back to my December 21st, 2021 gas bill, and it was 44 cents a meter. My December 22 gas bill comes out to 69 cents a meter. This has resulted in a rec- uh, an increase of $75 for one month alone. Uh, it's just terrible that this is going on in Canada where we have such huge reserves of these. I support Daniel Smith for what she is saying, and I really am disappointed with the Trudeau government. And that's about all I have to say on all right, Peter. Thanks for your phone call. We uh, need to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more. Don't go away. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer, a free for all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Sitting in for Libby Snymer, here is Marissa Lennox. Welcome back. It is Free For All Friday, the day of the week when you get to have your say. I'm Marissa Lennox in for Libby Snymer today. It's good to have you with us this hour. What do you have on your mind? Is it Ottawa's agreement to repatriate ISIS detainees? Uh, it's no wonder the Yazidi community is upset about that one. Or is it maybe yesterday's news that the federal government will postpone expanding MAID or medical assistance in dying by a year for people who suffer from mental illness? All those who said this would be a slippery slope obviously saw it coming. Now, I know our audience generally supports MAID, but I would suspect many of you would be uncomfortable with our laws permitting it for people who have depression. Maybe I'm wrong, but particularly when mental health resources are so underfunded. You can probably tell where I stand on this issue. No, I don't think that terminating someone's life is a solution for mental illness. I think that providing that individual with care to improve their quality of life, to heal whatever it is that they're dealing with rather than giving up is much better. We're you know, seeing it with our veterans. We're telling men and women who offered up their lives for this country that instead of giving them the resources they need, that they should consider just dying instead. And so, you know, I'm I'm concerned how far beyond the original purpose, which was to alleviate pain for those who are terminal for, you know, a few weeks early has gone. Life is precious. It's worth living. And I'm not condemning people for wanting to uh, terminate their life because they're in horrible pain, but I am com- uncomfortable with a standard for our society that looks at death with dignity as, um, you know, an attempt to 
uh, uh, is, is something that's disposable. The numbers to call 416 360 toll free 1-866-740-4740. Do you have that on your mind or what other issues do you want to talk about? Is it the grandparent scam? Is it another scam? I mean, it's always good to talk about these things because you make people aware of what's out there and knowledge is the most important thing at the end of the day in trying to combat this. All right, let's get to the lines. Linda in Cambridge, you're on the line. Go ahead, Linda. Hi, I'm phoning about the uh, my hydro bill. Mm-hmm. Um, where I live in a condo and everything is all hydro, my heat, washing, everything is hydro. But my concern is when I get my bill and I have a $65 delivery fee. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, did they come and plug into our building and say, there you are, guys, for a month, you're okay? And it's it's just outrageous. So between the delivery fee... And the GST, it's another $30. It's like, come on, something has to be done. Yeah. Well, that was a problem. I mean, remember, this is what uh, the premier, um, Doug Ford, campaigned on and mm-hmm. won. He oh. won on the promise that he would reduce hydro bills. Oh, and yeah. I think we're no further ahead than we were then. No, for sure. Like, um, I pay $150 every month. And as I say, everything in here is all hydro. But there's 40 units in the building. It's not a big building. But every one of us have paid 65 to $68 delivery fee alone. Yeah, which is outrageous. I mean, it is. Oh, I, I thoroughly agree. So I just wanted to pass on the comment. Maybe more people need to look at their bills or start complaining because something is definitely have to be done. Couldn't agree more. Thanks, Linda, for your phone call. Thank, thank you. Trevor and Guelph, you're on the line. Oh, hey there. Just wanted to talk about the government's assisted suicide program you were just mentioning on the radio. And I guess just get my opinion. I, I agree with you. Uh, I'm just wondering if this is like an easy way out or, uh, you know, our healthcare system's in pretty rough shape. Do they think maybe just eliminating people will ease that up? I don't know, but I don't think that's a, that's a, a solution. <laughs> And yeah. yeah, I think if people are, you know, suffering from mental illness and they want to kill themselves, they're probably going to do it anyways. I don't think they need help. I don't know. It's just sad. I think it's sad. I think it's it's sad when, as a society, we start to greenlight these types of things. And especially when our mental health resources are so underfunded and they're so difficult to access to begin with. I think it's terrible. So agree with you on that one, Trevor. Thanks for your phone call. Thank you. All right. Let's get to Liz in Toronto. You're on the line, Liz. Hi, um, I just wanted to share my story about me actually being scammed by a cab driver. Hmm. Um, so it appeared to be a back cab, but it wasn't. And, um, you know, I've been using cabs for so long that I trusted it. And when we got to pay, um, I gave him my, my credit card, which I shouldn't have. And he gives me a debit card, but it was somebody else's. Anyways, it can happen when we least expect it. And you just have to be um, in the present moment and really think things through. And it does make me angry that this happens because I think of my late father. Had he been alive and, you know, he got, let's just say, um, a phone call pretending to be CRA or the police, he would fall he he would certainly be scammed because he comes from a time where, you know, honesty and respect was how he was raised. So he would never think 
that somebody would do that to him. So he would he's, believe that it's Royal Bank. He would believe that it's CRA. Right. Exactly. No, you're right. I mean, there's a whole. Exactly. It's it's. Um, so something needs to be done. I don't know. I know, like you know, through my office, they're always talking about you know um, emails and what to watch out for, and a lot of the stuff that you mentioned earlier on your call is definitely something you know, like look for. For, you know, misspelling or odd email addresses, but it can happen. And you just got to be, whatever you do, if somebody asks for money, just don't pay. <laughs> Liz, I want to ask you something, though, because you're saying that, so you saw the individual who scammed you because so often the individual, the scammer is anonymous to the victim. But in this case, you saw him face to face. I did. I did. So I'll tell you, I, I don't know if we have time, but anyway, so we went out for dinner. It was somebody's birthday. Um, I wanted to walk home. I live downtown. I'm close enough to walk home. And uh, the person I was with said, no, 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 let's take a cab. And it was literally from Leslieville to Young and King. Okay. A very short distance. So when I, okay. So the first red flag was, I don't recall, but this is after the fact, not, not while it's happening, but you do, you do get that feeling that something doesn't feel right. But it was a so, Beck taxi? Yes. Well, just the colors were back. Okay. And you know, it's midnight. It's, you know, I mean, there was no alcohol involved, but the point is, you know, you're in a hurry to get home. I jumped in the cab with my friend I remember telling him where I lived and he looked at me as though as though he he was new like he did not know where that address was so I just I just said to myself he's new he's young he's new so anyhow he drops off my friend first then we get to my place and he and he's he asks me how are you paying and I said by credit card so he gives me the machine, and he said, I said, um, there's no place to put in a tip for you. I said, you know, it sounds like you're new. You, you should learn how to, how to, you know, put in a tip because you're going to get ripped off. Meanwhile, I was the one who got ripped off. Yeah. Liz, I'm sorry that but happened to you. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. I, you know, there, there's a pot. So... In the morning, I went to use my, 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 what I thought was my credit card and I didn't find it. So, um, I went to the bank that artificial intelligence had blocked my card. So this person in the cab went to 7-Eleven, withdrew five, uh, $600 or $500, no, five, um, and of course, the cab ride was never charged yeah. because that's, well, I don't know what he did. But anyways, that's what happened to me. All right, but Liz. Yeah. I'm, you know, tech savvy. Um, but I also thought I was, you know, Toronto cab street savvy. 
And look, it happened. Well, who would have thought? All right, Liz, thanks for that phone call. And you know what? I'll just say, this is the one thing that's nice about Canadian restaurants is they bring the machine to you. And so you can put in your credit card or your debit card to pay. In America, it's not that way. You hand your credit card off to a stranger. So always good to double check when you're passing your piece of plastic over to a stranger to make sure that what you get back is the right one. Trevor, in Toronto, you're on the line. Go ahead. Yeah, hi, how you doing? Good, thanks. That's good. I'm calling about my um, my community health service catchment area provider. And the fact that they've dropped my mom's service because we've been very disappointed with a lot of the PSWs and the things that they give us a list of things I can ask the ladies to do. When they get here, they told me, no, I don't do that. I don't do this. This is done on my... Um, on my um, care plan to do for your mom. And they dropped the service without even informing myself or my mom of why they dropped the service. Or uh, we cannot go into another catchment area and get a subsidy for um, home care, such mm-hmm. as um, for the PSW to come in and do housekeeping mm-hmm. or anything like that. We can get, um, we can get, um, Day programs. I can get take my mom to the day program to add a catchment area, but not this particular one. It within my catchment area, which is reconnect. Mm. And they just dropped it, and we don't know who. I went and I complained to the CEO, to the manager, and they sent me right back to the supervisor who dropped the service. Yeah, and they're not under the lane anymore, or the community home service any longer. So they're they're not for profit organization. They get funded from the city, from the province, and from United Way. And and the Minister of Health keeps sending me back to um to the Lynn. Wow. To complain and the Lynn have nothing to do with it because the Lynn doesn't get any of the service. Yeah. From from reconnect. Yeah. What a so nightmare. It's like privatizing. These people are since this new government came in, they've totally got them completely separate from the Lynn. So to get to complain about anything that they're doing now, you have to go to the to the same company to get to get any kind of satisfaction. Yeah. All right, Trevor, I'm sorry that that happened to you. Honestly, I mean, what advice can I give? Have you tried calling your local city councilor or even your local MPP? None of those people. The only people that have been able to help us is the um, patient um, care, patient relations board. They send me off to um, health service review or health service appeal review board. Yeah. And they're now trying to see what they can do to help us. Yeah. But I had to, I had to get a letter stating why they dropped the service. And this is over. Only now, finally, that they've sent me a letter stating why they dropped the service. Wow. Unbelievable. They never give me an opportunity to, to give my side of the story. All I know is I try to call them to ask them, could you change the date the day the ladies are coming? And they said, oh, if your service is dropped, it's stopped now. Unbelievable. Trevor, I'm sorry that that happened to you. I hope you can figure it out. <laughs> well, I, I'm sure I'm probably not the only one going through it. No, you're right. Exactly. Quiet. Yeah. They keep quiet because they don't want to have that to have the service drop. Yeah, that's right. And they bounce you around to a million different people. All right, Trevor, exactly. thanks. Exactly. Thank you. Thanks for your <laughs> phone call. Okay, let's get to John in Toronto because we've got only a few minutes left. Go ahead, John. Yeah, good morning. Um, I was a victim of a scam myself. I just do believe that the bank should be doing more to protect their customers. Um, basically, what happened in my case, I, I did uh, a transfer from one account to the next. I went back to the bank the next day 
and informed them that it was a scam. And they basically said, no, there's nothing they can do. Once you transfer that money, it's like transferring cash. And, and uh, you know, it was, it was very, very sad. I called the police and they said, well, you're engaged in a verbal contract, so we can't really help you. So I, I, I strongly believe that the bank should be doing more to uh, protect their customers in that regards. I Thank agree. You. Do you mind me asking how much? 33000 <gasps> a lot of money. Lots of money. I'm still upset about it up until today, but uh, it's it's one of these things whereby, you know, <laughs> and I, 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 you know, I do believe that's why we have so many people that have mental health problems and they're, they're doing all kind of crazy stuff because there's no support, right? Um, and, and, and this is the problem with the system, right? But in my case, I, I, I took the hit and uh, it was a good way to... to uh, <laughs> It was a good, it was a bad way to learn a good lesson. That's all I can say about that, right? But yeah, yeah, there was no help from uh, Bank of Montreal, nothing at all. I'm sorry to hear that, John. And hopefully your story uh, is enlightening for somebody who is listening. So I'm sorry to hear that. All right. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. Take care, John. All right. We've got a couple more callers. Let's get to Victor in Rexdale. You're on the line, Victor. Go ahead. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Yeah, I want to make I want to comment about uh, the police that uh, on the TTC. They have 80 police. They should have 160, and they should be removing the police from construction security. They don't need to do that. They can be doing the TTC. I agree, actually. And it's funny that you bring this up because I saw it on my way into work yesterday and today. There are just so many police officers who are standing by construction sites. And I wondered, maybe there would be better use for their time. John Tory has to wake up. Yeah. All right, Victor, thanks for your phone call. Let's get to Helen in Toronto. Helen, you're on the line. Hi, uh, I'm I'm part of a group called the Ontario Coalition of Caregivers, and right now what they're doing is putting together a paper to lobby for unpaid caregivers, those who say, oh, I'm only family, to get paid and to be able to hire their own help. So um, these are a couple of things that, if we are successful, will help alleviate a lot of problems. All right. Thanks, Helen. Yeah, you're welcome. Bye. Take care. And we've got time for just one more caller, and I want to get you in. So let's go, Laser. Hi. Uh, hello. I'd like to wish uh, Libby something uh, better. I'd like to recover sooner. Just to say that uh, this world is full of scammers, including government. Because that man who said uh, was old man, he thought that uh, even the government has to be like honest and all that. Sometimes even government scam. And uh, I think that every time we lie. There's lots of lying in this world. There's a scam also. So if we want to do something, see something better, including governments, they should stop doing this. And uh, I like to say for a change, if we are sick of these uh, scammers, maybe we should change uh, the government to vote conservative this time around and see uh, if something will change. Because so far, this is what we have, the scam. Well, uh, regrettably, I think scams still happen no matter which government is in power. But thank you for your phone call. And that is it for me today. It is good to be was good to be with you. Jane's back in for Libby on Monday. Have a good weekend, everyone. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. 
Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.